Philippians 1.21 says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Today, Paul deals with an internal dilemma, and ultimately, he decides that he's the life of the party. This is day three. Welcome to the Journey Through Philippians podcast, where every day we set aside space in our lives to experience God's Word. Together, we'll discuss the context and meaning of each passage and how the book of Philippians can help us understand more about who God is and the story He's writing for each of us every day. Do you get it, Brendan? Do I? I'm trying to work this out in my head. I know. Life of the party. It's because at the he's, end, his ultimate conclusion... He's alive. He's, Paul's, Paul's ultimate conclusion is like, you know what? Me being alive for you guys, the rest of the church, that's what matters. Yeah, but he's parting by himself. He's <laughs> Listen, <laughs> he is valuable to the first century church, and that's what matters, all right? That's what the he comes Philippians to, are he's like, hundreds of miles away. Right. Yeah, he's like, man, I really want to die. Man, he's I want to party he's, he's in parting, prison, basically. He's parting with a guard. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah him and the guard. Out. Just hanging out. Yeah. But... No, what he ultimately decides is at the end of the scripture, he's like, man, I really want to die, but I'm so useful to you all mm. as a church. <laughs> I should better probably... for me to party it's, here. Yes. You know what? Better I'll stay alive. Better for you. For you guys. <laughs> for your sake. Because I'm the life of the party. It's, man, it's actually him. He's so humble. He's working so out. In the next chapter, we're going to read about how you're supposed to Spoiler. put the interests of others above mm. yourselves. And he, he's already he's working like, it I out. I could be going to heaven, partying it up with Jesus, but mm-hmm. I'm going to party here in prison with you. That's great. Wow. Well, you sacrifice. That's a great intro to day three right there. That is. I mean, that's awesome. This is day three. I'm back with Brendan Lang and Melissa Payne. Hey. Hi. I like, I like that little rhyme there. That's good. Lang and Payne. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Tyler. <laughs> that doesn't rhyme pain. at all. Not Tyler. at all. <laughs> but that's okay. Fit. Neither does Hoff. Yeah, we're just going to leave that. Yeah, that's all right. We'll just leave that as it is. But question today, Brendan, where do you find your Zen? Where? (laughs) And I refer to Zen as like, yes, it's like a Buddhist idea of like transcendence. But, you know, I think culture has appropriated this as like your peace or your calm. Like, Mm. where do you find your Zen? Where Where do I find mm. my calm, my peace? Mm. I find my calm and my peace in my coffee in the morning. Mm. Actually, you know where I find it? I find it in the weight room. That's really? my happy place. I like to go. Mm. I wake really? up really early before Hayden wakes up. My wife wakes up and go work out. And that's me time. What time do you wake up? Five around then. At five o'clock. Yikes. Wow. Yep. Tyler's just going to bed at five. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about time. <laughs> that's about time to call it a day. That's the creative's time to go to bed. <laughs> well, that's true. You could work out before bedtime. Yeah. Actually, I do. I like to do that. And like, if you have energy left, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what I think. But So you find your zen and... Like well, exerting I don't, I don't energy. Know if zen is <laughs> no, I think exerting it's awesome. I think Zen I think is kind of whatever you want. Yeah, whatever you need it to I be. Guess. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Melissa? I think I find my Zen in nature. So like when I'm able to walk down to the lakefront and be on the beach, or I go like kayaking with friends and it's just peaceful and I can just be, that's where I find my like my space. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That sounds really I mean, I'm I feel like Zen right, right now. now just, just think, thinking. Imagining mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for me. That sounds really great. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul has a, a bit of Zen in prison, but not so much like actual literal Zen the way I'm describing Zane. it. Zane. Like, <laughs> Zane is the exactly the Greek. But when I read it, nice. I said Zen. And so that's that. That's why we're talking the about. The transliteration would be a piece. little bit confusing. Yes. Yeah. But our goal and really our hope for Paul in this passage is that he finds some peace in staying alive. Yep. So, mm. But Brendan, do you want to take us through our commentary for today? Day three, rejoicing in the midst of an uncertain future. 
In yesterday's reading, Paul talked about his present circumstances. He ended the section by saying that he could rejoice despite his imprisonment. This was an incredible display of resolve in the midst of a difficult situation. Perhaps even more incredible is the resolve he shows in today's reading. In this section, Paul shifts his attention to his future circumstances, saying that he will continue to rejoice no matter what happened, whether he lived or he died. This begs the question, how is Paul able to continue rejoicing while facing such an uncertain future? Paul gives us two answers. First, he was able to continue rejoicing because he was confident that whether he lived or died, he would experience deliverance. He writes in verse 19, For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. The word translated here as deliverance could have a variety of meanings. On the one hand, it could refer to a simple deliverance from his imprisonment. On the other hand, this word oftentimes refers to our eternal salvation. It seems that Paul is drawing on the full range of meanings of this word to imply that whether he would live or die, he would experience some form of deliverance, either from an earthly ruler's judgment or from God's final judgment. This was something he could rejoice over. Another reason Paul continued to rejoice was because he had a clear understanding of his life's purpose. He writes in verse 21, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Here Paul has taken a popular Greek saying, Life is good, tazain krestos in the Greek, and modified it into a similar sounding statement, to live as Christ, or in the Greek, ta zain Christos. By doing this, he has indicated that life as he understood it wasn't about pleasure or experiences. For Paul, life was first and foremost about Jesus. This meant that living or dying was not as significant as seeing Christ exalted. This should serve as an example for us. We tend to make life about a lot of things. Work, money, family, friends, fun, These things are not necessarily bad, but they cannot sustain us when they become the central focus of our lives. Only Jesus can fill that role. When we make our life's purpose first and foremost about Jesus, we discover that we can always rejoice, even in the midst of an uncertain future. For day three, we're reading Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 through 26. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith, so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Melissa, do you want to take us through our discussion questions and maybe just like give one question at a time and give us some space to reflect and journal? Absolutely. First question of today. Paul sees two possible outcomes in his imprisonment. Either he will live or he will die. What outcome does Paul say he would desire? What is his reasoning and what does this teach us? Second question, what is life about to you? Could you echo Paul's words, to live is Christ? What changes might you need to make to put Jesus first in your life?
Well, for day three's reading, we have images of the magistrate's office. We have a statue that was out in front of and around the magistrate's office from when we were there. We went Mm -hmm. and visited Philippi. We were in Greece. And we actually shot footage. We shot some videos as well. And this was an interesting spot because this is likely where the magistrate, who would have been kind of fed up with Paul about preaching and performing deeds that weren't really sanctioned. Yeah, I mean, it caused all sorts of problems. And... It's my kind of guy. Yeah, that's why, I, that's, that's why I like him. He seems like yeah. a real rabble rouser. <laughs> he's like, the, he's following after the, the Jesus rouser. turning the uh, temple tables. That's yeah, right. He's, that's right. Yeah, he's my kind of guy. But I'm just curious, like we shot some footage of Melissa. You were kind of outside of this magistrate's office. And I'm yeah. curious, being there and being in that spot where Paul probably was imprisoned or could have been flogged, at the very least had encounters with these officials. What was it like for you to actually be there and kind of sit there in that setting? There was kind of this moment where we walked up to it, and obviously, I don't know what it is because it's just a bunch of rocks, you know, standing there. It and, does look uh, like just a pile of rocks. Yeah, you kind can of. see walls, and you can. there's a statue totally. standing you can. up. Totally. Yes. But there was anyway. this moment where Brennan just said, This is what they think to be the magistrate's office. This is where they believe Paul was tried and flogged. And I just stood there, and I just had this moment where I thought, Paul stood right here. This could be a place where things that I have read of since I was little in the Bible and growing up and then to be in this moment, it was just a very surreal moment. And then I kind of just was praying and thanking God for letting me have that experience to actually be there and to walk right where Paul walked, but then also to realize that this is where he was suffering for the gospel. It was a really surreal moment for me. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Anything to add, Brendan? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) feeling good (laughs) yeah no i i think it's interesting how like central everything is like the ancient city is not that big no and to have like that experience it really does become kind of real for you yeah there's something really surreal about being in the exact spot that that all Mm -hmm. yeah where where paul walked i mean in a lot of ways lived out what he then later writes on in this letter this Mm -hmm. idea that like putting jesus first Mm -hmm. like in his life living for christ he modeled it right there for the Philippians. Now I can write them confidently and say, here's the model I showed you, and I want you to do the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The scripture for today is really very short, but incredibly profound. Yeah. Like it's an incredibly profound statement for, to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Also feels somewhat like a riddle. It is a little bit. <laughs> like what, you like, have to solve it. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, Paul, what are you actually mm-hmm. saying? And I guess that's my question, Brendan. What is he actually saying? (laughs) (laughs) What is he saying? I mean, I mentioned this earlier, just this idea that he's in a really difficult situation and he's a theologian and he knows like what his outcome is if he passes away. He talks about how dying is gain, which is kind of interesting. You know, we don't always think of death as gain because it Mm -hmm. it is a hard thing, obviously. And Paul understands this, but he knows that there's something that's going to be ultimately better when he leaves this life, Mm -hmm. especially the hard life. It's not like he has this great life. He's having a really tough life, but it'll be better, he knows, when he's with Jesus. He says, so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. If Christ is calling him to live and go through these difficult circumstances because there's something about all these circumstances that allows him to advance the gospel like he talked about yesterday. He was able to share the gospel in the prison with all these guards. If there's something about that that allows him to share the gospel and invite other people into that future paradise we get to have with Jesus, then it's all worth it. Because again, for him, life first and foremost is about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's something profound in even just that first statement, to live as Christ. Yeah. What did Christ do, really? He suffered, Yeah, turns out. 
yeah. a good bit. Right. And he's kind of owning that mm. fact. You know, he's following after what Christ's example is. And mm-hmm. that's kind of something that you hear from Paul a lot is, I'm going to follow and do what he did because mm-hmm. he's the example. And so for his perspective, if we're following after what Christ is doing, there's a bit of suffering that's going to be involved. Yeah. We're kind of yeah. called to it. And dying would be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But the suffering part's the hard part. Yeah. I think it's interesting, this idea of to live as Christ, but to die as gain. The die as gain seems very countercultural to mm. today, because I think people feel like what I have to live for here on this earth is all that I've got, and mm. then I don't really know what's next. Yeah. And so you see people trying to like live out this life like the best way that they can to mm. succeed at things or to... Well, even to like show it off to everybody else, yes. right? Like if you show it off and you achieve things in this life, it's like, oh, well, you've made it. You've like, done you have, like well. some legitimacy yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And see- so that idea that Paul speaks into that of, you know, I'd rather die than be here. <laughs> you know, yeah. it just seems, no, it really seems very countercultural. Yeah. Yeah, Christ, to- yeah, suffering in this life is not something that is very glamorous. Right. It's not something you post on Instagram like, ah, look at these lashes yeah. I received. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. Paul on Instagram these yeah. days. <laughs> He's only got a few followers. Did this for you guys. Yeah. Just, you know, hashtag like, 22 lashes. Hashtag 22 <laughs> today. Yeah. But like, yeah, to die is gain. That's very opposite of mm-hmm. what we yeah. believe. I love that. I mean, you're, it, it anticipates exactly what he gets into in chapter three, this <laughs> idea that I consider all things lost compared to the surpassing worth of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And he's setting that alongside all the other things that we consider mm-hmm. gain in life, like the accomplishments, our mm-hmm. status, our purpose, like yeah. all those things that we think are so valuable, he says they're really lost. And the thing that's real gain here is actually death because death ultimately brings us closer to Christ. I think too, there's like tension in our society today. The question isn't like, am I going to die or am I not going to die and live for Christ? Mm-hmm. It's really, am I going to live for Christ or am I not? And am I going to get take part in oh, right. the world mm-hmm. and the things that the world says that I should value? And how do we manage that tension? And ultimately, we know those things will lead to death. Right. And like an unfulfilled hmm. death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how do we manage that tension right. of being able to constantly do that? I think it makes you start to think about like the things that you do have on earth that you do cherish. And you look to more like the friendships and relationships and your family and the things that you want to pour into, you want to build those relationships and those kind of things. But also with the mindset that this world is passing away and the things that we are living for should be ultimately adding to the kingdom and should be ultimately keeping our minds set on heaven, like that this is not the world we were created for. And I think that is a hard balance, you know, to continue to live in this world, but not of it. Right. Because you don't want to be like that Christian person over there who's like head in the clouds. Right. Well, think, you know. I just spent four hours in prayer with Jesus. Yeah. And this pizza is horrible. But I don't have time for you. thank goodness I'll be dying someday and Jesus will have the perfect pizza. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. I think it is a balance that you have to take into consideration. I don't think any of this means you have to be like some weird, <laughs> and Paul's probably a little bit weird. I think you have to be to do some of the things and accomplish some of the things he did. But like what I love in this letter is he's speaking to the Philippians like they're his best friends. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason why they're caring for him. You know, we're going to read about this later, this idea that they send Epaphroditus to care for his needs because they love him. And mm-hmm. it's because he's connected with them in some way. So he's not like some person off to the side just you know he's not that weirdo on the street corner but what i love about paul is he understands 
his life purpose mm-hmm. better than anybody. You read about it in the book of Acts, you see it here in this letter, you see it through a lot of his letters that he just understands that everything he does, when he goes about his day, he's viewing everything through the lens of Christ. Every word he speaks to someone, the way he greets and interacts and talks with people, he's always viewing all these things through the lens of Christ, and it shapes who he is as a Mm -hmm. person, how he lives, and ultimately provides opportunities to them for him to minister. And I think we're just so oblivious to it because we're looking through everything through the lens of me, Mm -hmm. to live as as me, like this, the life is good concept. We talked about that in the commentary that we want the best life. And Mm -hmm. yeah, God wants to give us a good life, but he also wants us to have a life that's laser focused on him and his purposes. Mm -hmm. In a way... Our society is very much the same as the Greek society Yeah, and the Greek mm-hmm. life. Life yeah. is good. Yeah. And also all of you should see how good my life is. Yeah. And there are a lot of great things in life like, mm-hmm. to be enjoyed. But when like your life is about those things, about having the best food, the best party, the best experiences, mm-hmm. the best vac, your life is going to be empty. And right. I think that's what's actually so cool about this is Paul's going through some of the most miserable experiences, but no one's more joyful than him. Mm-hmm. It's because he understands his life purpose. Thanks for joining us for the Journey Through Philippians podcast. If this is your first time, we're so glad you checked us out. Keep listening. If today didn't seem like your cup of tea, check back tomorrow. Every single day is just a little bit different. To check out even more resources like videos from Philippi, children and family resources, and eBooks for all ages, visit our journey page at willowjourney.org and follow us on Instagram at willowcreeknS. Be sure to share your journey experience on social media with the hashtag willowjourney. If you have questions or would like to learn more about the ministries of Willow Creek Community Church, check out willowcreek.org. We'll see you tomorrow.